Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. And Jim, Sports Entertainment Show. Part- <laughs> uh, my name is Jim, and I am part of. I am one half of the Scottish duo who represent the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I'm joined by my colleague, co-host, um, podcast wife, Ricky. Good evening, Ricky, and how are you tonight? It's good to be back. I, think- I thought I better get one or two of my dates and justify this money that I'm getting. According to Skype, the last time it was just you and me talking was the 24th of July. <laughs> Jeez. That can't be right, can it? Well, let me see. We've had Brands on in the meantime. You had uh, Murray on as well. And then one or two you've done yourself, so... One yourself, then we had the, like the Badlands chaps on. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so that is just me and you. Before we get started, before we get started, I've got one thing I want to quickly say. I want to say fuck Bully Ray. So you're obviously not up to date on what's happening in the Messenger chat. Richard Bully Ray kind of got into it on Twitter. And Bully Ray was like, well, come on to Busted Radio and kind of have it out. And Richard's like, fuck off. I'm going to come on so you can cut me off. Like, no, it's fine. I'll just tell you you're kind of... pointed out a few flaws to him on Twitter and then that was it. It was kind of funny and then other people kind of jumped in. Oh, Rich should go on Busted Open Radio and then do a drop for the, the podcast network. Well, I say he could go on and like do a freestyle and then just leave, but he could just go on and plug the show or the network uh-huh. and then just leave. And <laughs> That would be great because I, mean, I imagine Busted Open has quite the circulation of listeners, so... Someone's going to take notice. Start off. Well, like he'd go on and say, "Please listen to the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you get One Nation Radio, keeping it strong style, get in the ring, uh, hopefully NXT, then down um, future, whatever it's called. I can't remember <laughs> the off the top of my head. I've messed up. Um, we've also got grown men watch this shit, and then he'll obviously leave us out because we drop on a Wednesday, and because he's all elite, he'll not want to plug our show because he'll want to." plug All Elite Wrestling instead. Listen, it's not just um, All Elite Wrestling who've decided to steal our spotlight, sat pesky Paul Levesque as well. This is true. Disgusting tactics from both of them. 
they're trying to muscle in another spot. Yep, and it's un- unforgivable. Let's be honest about it. We've got the west coast of Scotland market locked down. True. Especially within the a three mile radius of us two. Oh, most definitely. Stretch that down towards Ayr and we've got Murray sorted as well. Mm-hmm. And then stretch a wee bit further down. Well, you start going down to England and you've got Darren... And then further down, you've just got a lot of wrestling podcasts out there, so we'll stop with Darren. That's fine. And then maybe we'll head down to Stevenage. <laughs> oh, obviously. That's what old roads lead to. <laughs> yep, that sounds like an album. Yep. Anyway, fuck Billy Ray. Right. Um, yes, I always prefer Devon anyway. Right. We're here for one reason tonight, and that is mainly to talk about the takeover that NXT UK had in Cardiff, not Stevenage, this weekend past there. (laughs) I've decided I'm going to add a new segment to the show, however, and what we will do is, when it comes to the weeks like this week, where we'll be focused on one topic and discuss that at length, there is still other things going on within the world of wrestling, whether it's on screen, behind the curtain, on Twitter. So, I present to you the new segment, Ricky's Rapid Reaction. Right. Okay. So, I will. Uh, FYI, I, I, this is the first I found out about this specific topic. Uh-huh. He's kept it under wraps. He's not told me anything about it. Because basically, it's almost, almost a, a, th- a thievery of the why we watch segment at the end of their show, where I'm going to tell you one thing, and you're going to give me your association, like a word association, and it can be a sentence. So it's not, it's not the broad ranging topics that Darren hits out with. These are specific ones, okay? So I've got ten, ten things that have happened over the last couple of weeks. Okay. And I just want, it can be one word, it can be a sentence. That's all I'm looking for you. And that way, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show will make sure that they've got all bases covered as it, when it comes to wrestling content. Let's do it. Number one. The standard of wrestling granted us throughout the King of the Ring tournament. See that again, so the standard of wrestling. Basically, the, st- the standard of wrestling matches we've had for the King of the Ring tournament. Pretty good. Okay. I thought, I thought you would be more into it than that, but never mind. No, no. they've been pretty good. I mean, bar... Well, bar two, two of the outcomes I'm not a fan of, so maybe that's kind of dampened that a little, but just in terms of just the wrestling itself, eh, it's been... It's been damn good. There have been a few instances, though, where you've got favourites against each other, so it's hard to... It's I hard... know, but I was also talking about Corbin and Elias. Well, we'll touch on that but that shortly. just comes down to your personal preference. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be fair, though, Elias had the best match of his career against Ali last night. Is that Does that say more so about the person he was wrestling than Elias himself, though? Uh, yes. There we go. Uh, no, but Elias did did chip in well there. So fair play. Oh, that definitely. Was, I, I I didn't. Ex- I thought it was going to be Ali versus Almas, and it wasn't. I was des- devastated. That's what I really wanted. Uh, but it was still pleasantly, very pleasantly surprised. Number two, this whole unfolding war that's going on between the four horsewomen over both the women's titles. 
Um, kind of groundbreaking in a sense, because all four of them are featured in title matches on the same show. Um, big deal. Dynamics are a little different than what we're used to. With Sasha and, and Bailey kind of being portrayed certainly as a heel, or, or the action the stuff that she's done in the last two shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I shout out to Rance. Rance kind of um, played out a scenario how they can take their storyline through to WrestleMania, but you'd have like Sasha kind of make it look like she's manipulated Bailey and she's got her under her she's under her spell or under her control and then eventually kind of Bailey breaks free and realises that Sasha's not really got her best interests at heart and it kind of ultimately leads to a WrestleMania match. I quite like the scenario Rans played out on Twitter. Sasha? But yeah overall um yeah it's a momentous occasion I think. Sasha and Bailey have the makings of one of the best examples of "Quote unquote long term booking in WWE for a long time. If I wouldn't necessarily, this was the plan. They I may don't have think... stumbled upon it. Yep, my point uh, more I'm... than anything. But I suppose if you want to, if you want to spin it in a good positive term, then I think, yeah, you can, you can, you can, you can um, touch on the Sasha, quote unquote, going home or taking a ball going home or whatever, and then and Bailey continued her on without her, etc. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you could, you could spin it that way, but I, I think it's, well, if, if, if it does lead to like, a WrestleMania match, it's just because they've stumbled upon it as opposed to actually, this is the way we wanted to play out. I do, I do say long-term booking with the tongue firmly in the cheek because I think a lot of the time when people say long-term booking genius, it is stumbled upon. Um it's just become a gripe of mine over the last few weeks. Number three, Dominic Dijakovic versus Keith Lee. Two <laughs> was better than number one. Hmm. Uh, and that's very high praise. Um, I loved it. Yeah, let, let's let um. You know how some people are just kind of like Almas and um, and Rey Mysterio um, and certainly some other people who just seem to have or Mustafa Ali and say Buddy Murphy like some people just just have great matches you can watch all the time with these two are in, uh, alongside that as well. I like your answer. Just beautiful, unbelievable, two great, great, great matches. Uh, I fully concur. That was uh, something else last week. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Number four, the AEW title being stolen. Um, Vince McMahon has it. <laughs> God damn it, pal. He was going to buy that pissant company and that's what he's, he's, this is just the beginning of it. No, um, if it's a work, man, I don't know how it could be. I don't know what it's like. It's crazy. But the fact that Jericho's promo in the hot tub was just Unfucking believable to having a scarf, to having a champagne there, having a bubbly. It was yeah, like he somehow spun it in like a into a good thing in a sense. Where like was this bad thing, such a bad thing happened, but he somehow spun it into into this great promo. You were supposed to just say what Dan Coffin wanted you to say. It's a work. It was a work. It is a work. 
It's a work. It's a work, Dan. Dan, no. it's a work. To be fair, to just it. like just like just like the Moxley storyline is still a work. Yep. The long term storytelling here. The I. That's what I was trying to say, but I couldn't say it out loud. Number five, all elite wrestling's on the surface failure to make stars, mega stars out of Ty Dillinger and Hangman Page. Say that again, sorry. Ty Dillinger and Hangman Page. Failures? Um, Hangman isn't. I like Hangman. Sean Spears are like this big heel that he's supposed to be and never bought into it at all. Don't take him serious and if he's if you want if you wanted to um showcase him as this big time big heel, you would have had him beat Cody. So yeah. uh, I like Hangman, you know. I really like Hangman. I wouldn't I, wouldn't... I understand since so sort of to flip on to to the Hangman Jericho match. I understand why they put the title on Jericho. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. say, well, you've got a former WWE guy, why would you do that? And people are liking it to WCW, but specifically to TNA. I understand it, but just because you, just because someone goes over as another a, a, a superstar doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to put them over. You know, there's still more things to be done after that to continue the push or to continue the elevation. So, brand new company, you put it on the biggest star you've got in my mind. Regardless of what his history is, I will be honest. I can't even remember seeing a Hangman Page match off the top of my head, so I can't comment on him personally. Ty Dillinger, though, you're right. They were making him out to be this mega heel, and it didn't. I think Eric Rowan did it more in five minutes last night than Ty Dillinger's done over the last couple of months, and that's videos, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, so I wouldn't even although Ty Dillinger lost and one of the EVPs went over I wouldn't say it's all AEW's fault I think Ty Dillinger should shoulder some of the blame for this going over as a bit of a wet damp um, cloth (laughs) (laughs) number six the possibility of Elias versus Corbin at Clash of Champions gives me the fucking book you want to, you want to uh, interpret it for non-Scottish listeners? He's going to be sick. Number seven, the possibility of Chad Gable versus Ricochet at Clash of Midgets. Makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> Number eight, Boris Johnson. He's an overgrown bathtub toy. Mm. <laughs> I didn't expect that answer and I just choked. <laughs> <coughs> Number nine. The current battle between Sony and Marvel or Disney over the rights to Spider-Man movies. A subject close to your heart. Fuck Marvel. Fuck... What's the other one? Uh Whatever the other one is, I don't watch any of that. I've watched two. I watched um, Henry Cavill's first uh, Superman. That was brilliant. That was excellent. Brilliant. I really like him. And he's a big, handsome 
bugger as well. And I don't know if this is Marvel or whatever, but Venom. I watch Venom. I like Venom, but that's it. I don't. I've not watched Batman. Not watched anything else. I watched Avengers. Uh, fuck all that. And he says this with a, a Batman backpack behind him on the Skype camera. Which is my five-year-old son's liar. <laughs> yes, that's what I use and take to work. <laughs> Uh, when you when you climb through all the rooftops and stuff to get to work. That's it. Number, my, my web. Number 10. The worst offenders on res- wrestling Twitter. How many do you want? <laughs> How many do you want? Uh, well, we, we've got all night. Right, okay. We'll get the first two, obviously, out of the way, Dave Meltzer and Alvarez, right? Next up is that Tom Colhu or Colhu or whatever his name is. He's a fucking idiot as well. <laughs> uh, Bleacher Report, don't like them. Walk Culture, don't like them. Um, sorry, guys. I know some of these are associated with Lords of Pain. Not a huge fan of some people on that. Um, not you, Imp. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. Let me go on. I've, I've blocked several people. Hold on, just bear with me. Shout out to You're going to get you asked me this, by the way. I didn't expect you to... Um, I thought you were just going to say all of them, but... Nope. I will call out Sh- names. Shout out to Imp. How I like Imp. He's, he's absolutely hilarious. How the hell did I see who it blocked? I don't know. You, uh, you've said enough. What about Brad Shepard? Oh yeah, him as well. Him as well. He's a fucking idiot as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a few actually. I didn't actually scroll through. Ryan Satin, Sean Ross Sapp. I actually don't mind those two if I'm honest. JR's pretty horrible. Um, oh, JR is an idiot on it. Um, yeah. Um... Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette is just... I find his rants funny because he's just... It's ridiculous, some of the stuff he says. Joey Ryan kind of annoys me as well. I had to think who that was there. I was thinking of Joey Styles. <laughs> AJ's dad. Uh, um, I'm going to lie, Jericho kind of annoys me. Cody. Cody Rhodes is a self-righteous little bastard. I see, see Jericho. Mhm. I think every single thing he does is a work. I think uh, I agree with that. I think he just he just likes to. I think he knows what he's doing. I he definitely I would agree with that. So I know in front, like reading his book recently, he wants he wants to be. I know he he's got the the bubbly gifts and all that stuff, but he wants people to hate him. He's said that since the very beginning. His debut with WWE, Vince McMahon looked at the the top knot thing that he had, mm-hmm. and uh, Vince saying, "What the hell's that?" And they said, "It's cheap heat, Vince. It's cheap heat." So he's the ma- he is the master of cheap heat, and I think he's just it's taken him a while, but he's got onto the bandwagon where you see people getting heat through Twitter. So I th- I don't know if I can hate him. I should. Uh, no, I was agreeing. I think uh, I'll take that back. He's losing the the magic in the ring by a long shot. I mean, guy's nearly fifty years old, so he's not going to obviously be what he once was. That uh, last match I saw him in was the one with Omega, and that was 
nasty stuff. Fact, you know who else? Noam Dar. Here we go. Block Noam Dar. He just popped up on our feed. Yep, blocked him. Well, how about we use that as a nice segue? Nah, that's fine. But you might want to go back and maybe delete some of the things I've just said. No. <laughs> when was the last time I edited a podcast? <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Jeremy. I thought you were going to say I'm so sorry, Jericho. No. So, that was supposed to be a three-minute segment, and we're now 20 minutes into the podcast. So, speaking of Noam Dar, we had NXT UK take over Cardiff this weekend. Um, crowd were fantastic, sold out, acoustics were great, so they really lent themselves to making a fantastic atmosphere. What were your overall impressions of the show? Excellent. Like... Excellent. It was. Um, I would say one, two, four, like really, really, really good matches and probably two of them were great matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and two of them were just kind of like, yeah, they, they were solid kind of matches. I feel like because we are clearly very biased when it comes to our Scottish wrestlers that we should root for no one down regardless. Nope. But for one, he basically ignored us when we asked him to come on for an interview. He didn't basically, he like flat out did. Uh huh. Fair enough. Everyone else has. <laughs> no, not at all. Aaron Echo was quite, responded quite nicely to us. That was my fault for not getting back to him. Exactly. That was terrible. And Wolfgang had the decency to reply to us as well. I know, but then when we said more stuff, he just ignored us again. No, I figured I think he was then associated with NXT UK. And it was a bigger deal? Mm-hmm. Not even it was a bigger deal. Maybe he wasn't allowed to do other podcasts. Ah, possibly. Maybe that's why Noam Dar and Nicky Cross didn't do it. Anyway. No, Noam Dar was at 205 when I asked him. 205 still an official brand. Still, they have done it before. I don't know, anyway, forget it. Uh, aye. Noam Dar and Travis Banks. I made my opinion clear on this last week. I just don't think this had, with the short build, the complete lack of credibility for Travis Banks going in, apart from a couple of wins towards the end, and Noam Dar just appearing out of nowhere saying, I'll be on this takeover regardless. This match... TV match, to be, not even a TV main event match, this is an opener of an episode of NXT UK and it was fine, there was no no botching going on good work rate, I, I do enjoy Dar's scrappy yet very technically skilled style and Banks is the same but this had no place on a takeover for me I, know, I agree with what you just said it was an NXT episode um in saying that, the match itself, it was just, it was fine. Nothing to go back and watch again, nothing to kind of write home about, it was just fine. Solid, solid enough. Um, but yeah, there was no reason for this to be on at all. Especially when you look at some... I know there's always going to be some people who are going to miss out on takeover matches, whether it's for UK version or for the NXT proper. Devlin not being on it was kind of... Oh, that, that rankled me. You know, um, 
So, and then obviously you had Rhea Ripley and um, Piper Niven as well. That'll be on tonight's episode. Yep. I mean, they could have, they could have done that though if they wanted. Um, yeah, like I said, the match itself, it was just okay. It was fine, but it wasn't, it's not takeover worthy. I don't think Travis Banks is at all. Noam Dar, I think, actually is pretty decent in the ring. So I don't mind that he has a takeover match. But it's actually, I'm just not a fan at all of Travis Bank. Travis Banks. I just think Noam Dar hasn't had anything to sink his teeth into that is worthy of a takeover. Um, and he's fine. But you're right, Jordan Devlin's exclusion from this was a tough one to take, personally. Mm-hmm. You'd even, you were even thinking, right, Cesaro's coming over. And he's basically, before Saturday happened, you were thinking, right, there's going to be some sort of altercation or a segment or a match of some sort. And that, for me, that was tailor-made for Jordan Devlin. What we got was Ilya Dragunov. Disappointing, but it's not as if he's not an, not an enjoyable wrestler to watch. He's got a... A vicious intensity. He's got this manic look in his eyes. Good offense. He looks apart, and it was a good match. That got me a lot more in the mood for. I think that would have been a better curtain jerker than what we had. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And, and I actually thought this would have been where Devlin answered the challenge. Um, I was actually kind of disappointed when we found out who it was um, and we wrote up like a quick wee cut NXT card of takeover review with Jeremy yep. uh, on the Social Suplex Network and, and, and I said it was it, I was disappointed but that was quickly those feelings quickly went away um, that we saw Dragunov in Glasgow I can't remember if that was his debut or not. It might have been. I saw him previously versus Joe Coffey at the Square Goal pay-per-view, uh, and that was an excellent match. Yeah, that's what I, mean. like, I thought if it was the first time in NXT UK we saw him, I think it was his debut. I think it was too. Um, and I was quite impressed then. Um, so yeah, like I say, the feelings of being kind of disappointed went away extremely quickly. Um, the match was, was was quite a hard-hitting affair. Um I like I like um, that Dragunov was able to get a fair amount of offence in um, settled to make the match somewhat competitive I like that you know we you talk about it's a star making kind of performance etc well, I think it certainly it showcased him whether, whether it was a star making one I don't know but it certainly showcased his ability to a wider audience that he was able to hang in there with, with someone as great as Cesaro uh huh um, and Cesaro coming over as well, like that would have been a treat for the people that were like in the live crowd as well. Oh, definitely, it was a treat oh. for us at home as well. He's, it's not very often that he gets a chance to have a twenty-minute match. That's not a tag yeah, match. I think, I think with Cesaro coming over, I think this is a, somewhat of a trend. I think you'll see certainly in the infancy stages of NXT UK as, as well as the takeovers um, that you'll kind of see some bigger stars coming over whether it be from the main roster or, or one of the three brands because obviously first up in Blackpool we had Finn 
Now we've had mm-hmm. Cesaro, I kind of expect this trend to continue for a little bit until NXT UK really starts to prosper and really starts to take off. Uh-huh, when they can rely on those uh, also-rans a bit more. Yep, they're more homegrown guys. If there's one thing I want from Cesaro going forward, the there was a moment in the match where he sprinted down the way, like Dragunov was sitting on his bum, and Cesaro did the uppercut down the way. That should be his finisher. That was brutal. Oh, it was. No, it was. Several moments of that match were kind of brutal. Um, Sorry, we're having some technical difficulties here. No, so yeah, like I said, it was it was that that the moment this match kind of was concluding, or, or certainly when it finished, like that for me, this was the start of takeover. Yes, like this is where I was at. Right now, I'm 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 now it's all these matches now that I'm interested in. I have like a a rooting interest kind of in uh, for so we kind of get the first one. The first one, it says meant nothing to me but this is when really takeover started and this is where I was like right now I need to focus and properly pay attention and, and enjoy it mm-hmm. it was it was there was a couple of spells in the match one of the best things about for me a match where you think it's a foregone conclusion but throughout the match you start to believe otherwise I think they're the, they're the makings of a really good match and there were a few instances in this one where I thought hold on a minute Dragunov's going to win this one uh, so it was just it just set the tone nicely for me, and like you said, this was the opener. I feel I feel bad for shitting on a a fellow Scott, but just not. I don't. <laughs> technically, we shit on fellow Scots daily. We do. We sh- to be fair, we shit on so many people. We don't really we don't really mind if we say shit about people. <laughs> you certainly um, don't. I certainly don't. I certainly don't. It doesn't bother me at all what people think. Um, but anyway. And I know I shot on some people earlier on, so be it. <clears throat> but one of those people are not Sir Sam, who we'll always have having on soon as well for our semi-final up against Joshua. Are you excluding him from the rest of the LOP chaps? Oh, definitely. He's a good guy. He's a very good friend of the show. Good. Well, well remembered and well saved. That could have been ugly. No, not at all. Sam knows he's a he's a he's a good friend of the show. Mm-hmm. We'll be having a one soon. I, Jay, I, I know we shouldn't be having like a rooting interest in those quizzes, but I'm told, you know, got the good looking man in Josh, and then I've got my fellow cricketer, cricket fan in Sam. And it's you, difficult. And you both don't like England cricket team. That's it. And we, and obviously, I was on the side of Sir Sam when he took on Imp the last time. Oh, see, so you're, you're all over the place with your moral alignment. You're like Bailey just no, now. No, no, do you know what I mean? We, we decided at the time it was like kind of you and him done some shows together, so you naturally, you were, you were in a, a corner of Imp, and then I decided I'll go in Sam's corner. Okay. I don't know what to say. Don't make sense, we can move on. We should make bets next time, actually. What, just between me and you? Uh-huh. For who wins That'd tonight? be quite good. <laughs> be highly unfair as well. No, I don't think it would. Right, back on track, shall we go? I mean, one of the semi-finals is going to be an absolute whitewash, we know that much. Well, if, <laughs> if, it's, anag- if it's anagrams, Rance is done for. Oh, that's true, actually. I think Rob will push him quite close. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Where were we? That was one of the... Next up. Next up was the, the, the tag match. Yes. Uh, the tag match. Right. And, and so what I'll do is we've got some, some questions as well. So Excellent. These are... And sorry, just Kaf actually asked us a question. She was like, "What did you think of bringing Cesaro over for an exhibition match against Dragunov?" It's, I kind of touched on it, saying I expect them to bring some of these bigger stars over for the time being. Um, and like you said, to watch Cesaro wrestle is always it's always good. So I'm all, I'm all for it for the time being and for the time yeah. being only. I think I, I'm quite vocal when it comes to people hogging the spotlight on the main roster, and I'm not a fan of it. Yep. Yep. But NXT uh, UK is still in its infancy for me, and if it means we're just going to get some top quality takeovers to spread the word, to spread the good news, then I'm all for it for now, as you say, but don't rely on it too often or for too much longer. Calf also asked, will you attend NXT UK TakeOver Glasgow since this is obviously the next takeover to be announced? Definitely. If they ever bring a takeover to Glasgow, we'll be there. There's no doubt about that. Uh, There's... There is no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. In fact, just to throw that guy who's always at the tapings, Ricky and I will wear a bandana and a, a yellow Hawaiian shirt and sit front row. And we'll, and we'll wear it better than that fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, that guy's an eyesore. He really is. And the best thing about the Cardo tape, or not the best thing, but the good thing about it was he was like six, seven rows back. And it was excellent, so... Because I saw him standing up at one point and I was like, ah, you dick. Do you know what was a good thing about TakeOver? We're going back a bit, but Noam Dar did a sort of running brogue kick into the turnbuckle, and that was yep. one of Lionheart's signature moves. And, and, and um, Thingy made reference to him as well. Yep, Nigel um, McGuinness. McGuinness, yep. That was a nice touch, loved that. It was really, really nice touch, very classy. Mm-hmm. Very classy. Um, yep. But yeah, so the tag match, and, and we've actually got a question about the tag team match, so... We'll talk about it as well as answering the question. It comes from good friend, Rab Ropes. Um, was a tag title switch a treat for the home for the crowd, or do you see a lengthy run in a new champ's future? I think there'll be. If we're going from recent patterns, it might be a while before we get another takeover. So I can't see a change happening anytime soon. The tag team division seems a wee bit heel heavy. When you've got Gallus. Um, Imperium as well so you've got a few heel teams there that are lining up for the guys and I think it might be a while before we see a change you've obviously got Grizzled Young Vets I imagine there will be a a rematch of some sort in the next tapings when they come to be or if they've already happened at the, the night after at Cardiff tapings but it was obviously I think it's both to answer the first question yes clearly because those that crowd lapped that up um, that was a stunning reaction to hear probably the loudest of the night if I'm being honest And but I think we're in for a long haul with Marvin often it again <laughs> Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster I wouldn't mind seeing them last a long time Flash Morgan Webster on his own it's a bit hard to uh, get behind but his work with alongside Mark Andrews is fantastic some of the tandem moves they pull off are fantastic the the V-Trigger Frankensteiner combo that they did to Wolfgang, my mm-hmm. word, that's beautiful. And the the flipping 
flipping shooting star press or whatever you want to call it that they do as well when they give the, um, Webster gives them a wee punty and flips them round that's excellent or a 450 I can't remember one of those ones so they've got enough tandem offence to keep me excited and I'll say I've said this in the, the column that's on <clears throat> socialsuplex.com okay there have been some injuries with regards to the, the strength and health of the tag team division in NXT UK but they have the best tag team wrestling in all of WWE, all divisions. And I'll stand by that until something, until it goes shit. But I don't see it going shit for a good long while. Grizzled Young Veterans were, even in, even in defeat, they were genius yet again. And I said on Twitter the other day, I did a wee thread, that before, before the tournament even started for the Blackpool takeover, the Grizzled Young Vets were saying, we are the standard bearers. They're basically like uh, an English version of the revival, saying we are what tag team wrestling is all about. And they showed that they're a bit more flash. There's more flips, not just fists, with grizzled young vets, because James Drake's quite an agile individual. And they've not had many full blown defences of the title, but we saw one live against Kenny Williams and Noam Dar, which was amazing. You had a rematch with Mustache Mountain. Um, one or two more I think and each time the matches have just been fantastic the the tactics that they employ to divide and conquer are some of the best I've ever seen in tag team wrestling and they did it again and again and again this night and I just feel as if the inclusion of the Gallus team or Mark Andrews and Morgan Webster which his face, Gibson still had that mentality of, right, we still need to divide and conquer, and he was trying to take on too much. So his state is stuck within his MO, but it was his undoing, and just genius genius storytelling. Really, really enjoyed it. Obviously, as well, it was just crazy non-stop action throughout, but that underlying thing with James, Jake, and Gibson, struggling to cope with it all was fantastic. Loved it. I don't know if I preferred it to the Mustache Mountain match at Blackpool Takeover, but if not, it's certainly in like my top two tag team matches of this year. Sorry, I went on a bit there, but I really enjoyed that match. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Andrews and Webster. Um, I would agree with both your points that they probably will have a certainly, I would say a few months, three four months with a title. And yeah, obviously, I think the hometown crowd obviously would have played a part in the decision putting it on them, because like you say, that was the loudest pop of the night. Uh, the closing sequence that match was just was fantastic, because you saw the vets kind of doing what they do, and Zach Gibson telling James Drake to take out um, Gallus outside the ring before they could come in. And as he does it, He's out of the ring, and then obviously Zach Gibson is left with a two-on-one, but he thought he was going to get the win, but he couldn't. Um, the entire match itself was was pretty perfectly played out. Um, <laughs> yeah. The vets in Andrews and Webster, they were kind of featured heavily, and you just had the perfect amount of gallus sprinkled throughout it. To showcase, to even even I think it was Nigel McGuinness who says it, it was like they've barely been in the match. They're kind of still fresh, and it would, and it was that was intended to make them look like um, real heavy hitters. Um, it, it was 
I think this stands up there with just about any NXT tag title match. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't think Webster and Andrews would win. Um, overall, this is one of two of my favourite matches on the show. Why? Um, and like I say, it's, it's gonna, it's going to stand up there with just about any tag title, tag match you'll see. Um, I just have this. I don't know why I've been feeling it for a few weeks. Just this horrible feeling that they were going to break up James Rayton, um, Zach Gibson. I don't think their tag team division could cope with that. Not yet. You would need, I think, you would probably need Imperium to then really push them and, and have them elevate them into a top spot. And Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner, are, they're a fantastic tag team as well. Yep, and if you if you've been paying attention to NXT UK over the last few months, they have had dealings with Mark Andrews and Morgan Webster previously. Fabian yep. Eichner and Mark Andrews had this mental mental match one week, uh, so that that's a possible tag team title match for the future as well. Takeover lovely, I would say. And they were actually on the pre-show in Blackpool. I can't remember who they're wrestling now. I want to say Mark Andrews is one of them. I'm sure Andrews or Webster were wrestling them. I just can't remember who the, who their tag team partner was. Right. Um, so like you said, there is history there. Um, but overall, like this match was just was gripping from start to finish. There was a bit very near the end where. Mark Andrews did a 450 splash onto James Drake and I thought this is it, this is the title change <coughs> Yep. and Gibson pulled it out oh, excuse me pulled it free out I literally pumped my fists in adrenaline filled joy I was like you dancer that was just I didn't see that happen it generally did feel like that was the end of the match mm-hmm. what a near fall that was there was about 3 or 4 near falls you think whoa that was crazy stuff yep and also, Mark Coffey, for a guy his size, is pretty nimble as well. Oh, yes. And although not an offence, Wolfgang's ability to take a Frankensteiner, that's pretty decent. Sensational. Uh-huh. And his spears are excellent as well. He totally wins the guy. Horrendous yep. stuff. So, thousand, a thousand stars to all involved in that one. You've made me a happy camper. And the next match made me a happy camper as well, with regards to... The King himself, Joe Coffey versus Dave Mastiff, last man standing match. If I could, if I could do the Dave Batista, give me what I want, gift for this one, I got exactly what I wanted with it. Just a pair of beasts throwing everything they've got at each other, I, and it wasn't pretty at all. That's what I like. That's what I like about Joe Coffey. He's Billy Kirkwood, the ICW commentator. He's always going on about Joe Coffey saying he's gritty, not pretty. He's not looking for five stars. He's not looking for work rate award of the year. He's in a match to fight. Even when it comes down to his what is a discus a discus lariat finisher, he's working his opponent. He's trying to find an inch of space to get that in and he does it so often. And it felt like that again tonight where he's looking what he did at the end. 
I know Jeremy said in the pod, the column, it felt like a main roster finish. Granted, it might have been. It felt a bit because the crowd kind of lost lost the oomph when that happened. When Joe Coffey kicked the the trunk away from Mastiff, but that's what Joe Coffey does to win matches. He's a tactician as well as a bruiser, and I really enjoyed that. And the stuff in between it was just chaos. The, the turnbuckle collapsing, having to take things outside, cricket backs to the back of the head. Um, snooker cues snapping over people Dave Mastiff charging at Joe Coffey at the start of the match by the way Joe Coffey had a chain in his hand at the same time just oh it was like see the now remember the Power Rangers programme years ago and they they all turned into the big massive Power Rangers machine that looked like a shite transformer Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. charging at each other with the big monster at full speed that's what it was like excellent stuff so Murray actually asks a question. Right. Are you surprised that Joe Coffey beat Dave Mastiff? No, I'm not. Are you? No, not necessarily. I think they get, I think they know what they've got in Joe Coffey. And I think mm-hmm. they like what they've got in Joe Coffey. Yep. And I know a lot of people outside of the UK or certainly outside different parts of the UK may not get it when it comes to Joe Coffey. I don't know if it is bias. It probably is. It's possible. But I feel like people from up here get it. We know what we've because got Because we relate them. to them. Because we know of them. We kind of like... We're kind of the same kind of people. He's just not that dissimilar from us. He's just an average... Not an average, just like... Your normal guy you would get from Glasgow who just happens to be like this really good wrestler, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, like um, the, just to touch on the finish, I actually loved the finish. Yep. Um, it wasn't a massive. It, comes, it wasn't like a huge thing that happened. It was just ah, uh, that had to be done. That was the only way to separate these two. That's it. It was the the brute force and and the cricket bats and the steel chairs. None of this was enough. Going through the table, none of it was enough. It just took someone to to put aside the brutality and the, and, and the chaos factor and just say, right, I can't beat you by ripping your head off, so I'll just outsmart you. Yeah, I thought the finish was excellent. Um, a last man standing match shouldn't be pretty. No. You had... There's nothing quite like watching two heavyweights, whether it's in wrestling, boxing, MMA or whatever two heavyweights standing there and just saying I'll throw a haymaker then you throw one and we'll just see who's the last one standing I, like you can be all about like, the beautiful wrestling or like the great the, the, the truly great skillful boxing artist you can be an, an MMA purist but see at the end of the day we all just love watching two guys just trade punches mm-hmm. um Nothing quite matches that. And this is what it was like from the very first moment. He says, oh, that's my standing match. It shouldn't start in the ring. Started outside the ring. He says, Joe Coffey had the chain. The spot with the two chairs, I thought was fucking excellent. Oh, yes. Especially with the camera work. Like, that was just two guys ran into each other and just tried to blow each other up. Um, Mastiff like, offered the chair to him as well. Exactly. I loved that. Just um, come on, let's go. Oh, just fantastic. 
Yeah, like you say, it's not a. It wasn't for the purest, but these matches never are. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a fight. Um, I absolutely loved it. It lived up to my expectations and exactly what I want from a last stand, last man standing match. Just, just barbarity. Um, yeah. But like you say, it's just that little bit at the end. Coffee has his smarts and was and was quite cute in the way he went about getting the, getting the win. Mm-hmm. I don't think it um, damages Mastiff at all that he took the the L for this one. No. He, he's been booked very, very strongly since he came to NXT UK. Uh, second takeover in a row. Not many mid-carders can say that. I know there's only been two, but uh, as I say, not many can say that. He's th- one of the few to feature them both. Mm-hmm. So, again, I think they know what they've got with Mastiff. I can't see him being a huge main event star. But he's just got this presence about him. I was saying to you on the uh, WhatsApp, even down to the the camera shaking, the hard cam shaking when he bounds into the ring it, during his entrance, pulls at his beard, just everything, the whole presentation. They know that they've just got this super heavyweight who's going to bruise you up and down the place, and it's something that the fans want to see because both matches. The no holds barred or whatever it was that they had with Eddie Dennis at Blackpool. Yeah, equally excellent match. So I don't think it will harm Mastiff at all. You know, uh, I don't think it will either. I think, and, and we both hate it that well we need to make the loser look strong. But they protected him. I felt with that finish it's because so- if Coffee just beats him down and actually manhandles him or overpowers him then that little bit of the aura, the monster kind of aura that he's got goes away a little bit this time he was just trying to get up and he was just slightly outsmarted uh, so I, th- I felt the finish did protect him very well it's not so much a fi- it's the finish making, some, making the loser look strong after the fact that I'm not a big fan of I just think that's pointless because they're not that strong if they can't win the yeah, you've the lost a match yeah, if it's during the match or if it's part of, if it's a an interesting way to win. Look at what Chad Gable did with Almas last night. He did a, a a crazy flip over of Almas's leg at arms to pin him back over. That was unforeseen. I've never seen that before. So it's these things, if if they're clever, if the finish is clever, then they will look strong. So hats off to both again I think both came out looking strong Coffee with a, a nice W to add to his tally from NXT UK overall so these two might be a spoiler for you but these two were it was like a double tap I'm a big fan of double taps when it comes to albums uh, I think it's a, a theme that doesn't get talked about a lot where you've just got two things in a row whether it's songs or episodes of a TV show or matches in a wrestling pay-per-view when you've got two matches in a row that are just shit hot, you remember them more. Yep. Definitely. So the next match was, and I'd been telling folk for months now, it kind of came more to more in my belief when Kaylee Ray lost the ICW women's title a month or two ago. I thought, hold on a minute, why is someone who's like the the face of the women's division for any, for ICW losing that title thought she's going to win this Tony Storm match and she did she won it there's been not a lot of praise heaped on this one I can understand why it wasn't a 
blow away match that I know both women are capable of. It was more just a match of Kayleigh Ray stifling Tony Storm throughout. Tony Storm didn't have many answers for what Kayleigh Ray was offering, and this was just a, a domination match for me. And again, this is Kayleigh Ray herself tweeted this out: "Your first actual British." UK Women's Champion is from Scotland. Ha ha. Scottish. <laughs> so that's us now get two Scottish women in the WWE overall umbrella with gold round their waist. That's that's the that's the winner for me there, not so much the match quality. Uh, and it was I'm almost certain it was Dylan James that said it on Twitter that I liked. It was quite it was good. It was like you had the heel cut that great promo and then the heel went on and backed it up and kind of went clean. Yes. So that's how you book. That's how you book a fucking a, trauma, a real strong heel. The match itself was again not at the standard of the, the match in around it. Um, it came off the back of that double Kay- tap though. Yeah. Um, when Kaylee dived out to the, from the top rope to the ring, that could have went badly wrong it could have um, things like that add to a match for me especially if they come away from it unscathed because look at Undertaker Shawn Michaels yeah um, I also I, I I don't mind moments like that either because it kind of adds to certainly in some matches it's like well it's a fight you know it's not going to look pretty it's going to be scrappy um I, I think this leads to Tony Storm going over to NXT, and I think she'll debut when they move over to where they're going again. USA. USA. So I think she'll move over to NXT. Uh, so I'm not really surprised that Kaylee Ray win. Kaylee, Kaylee Ray. Jesus. <laughs> Kaylee Ray. I can get a name with it. Um, yeah, the match was fine. Match was fine, but I, I like how they followed up her constant trash talking in some of the promos especially that promo she talked about her family and her dad etc it was a really hard hit the promo I'm glad they backed that up and it wasn't just once again a heel talking trash and not able to to back it up yep have we got any questions about any more questions about that one at all no the the other ones just relate to the, the main event so congratulations to Kayleigh Ray. Grew up miles away from her hometowns. It's always good. I mean, that, that might not mean a much mean much to people outside the UK listening to this, but Scotland's a pretty small place. <laughs> a pretty small place. I mean, it's smaller than probably most of the US states. Uh, Scotland itself, I don't. I would. I would imagine, in all honesty, just about every single state in America is bigger. I think I think as small as Rhode Island. I think Rhode Island is about the, the size of a playground or something. So is Scotland. <laughs> Scotland is the the puddle in the playground. So, like, yeah, we are we are tiny, absolutely tiny. Basically, you can drive right from. Gretna, which is on the border, to Inverness, which is it's not the highest point in Scotland, but it's it only takes four hours, and Inverness is quite north. Yeah, it's a small wee place. It feels big to us, but it's pretty small in comparison. 
So whenever someone from Scotland does well in WWE, it does mean a bit of a deal to us. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm happy to move on to the main event. You want to take this one then? Yeah, why not? So we actually have a couple of questions related to it. Um, right. Oh, by the way, just so we're aware, you can actually drive from one end of Scotland to the other in less than seven hours. From the top of Scotland to the bottom in less than seven hours. So small it is. That's like fucking going from Manhattan to the Bronx. Is it really? No, it's not. It's just an exaggeration for me. I thought that would be the case. Um, so, main event. We actually have two questions, like I say. Um, so the first question that comes... The first one comes from Murray. Murray asks... Who do you see beating Walter for the belt and why should it be Drew McIntyre? <laughs> First of all, it's not going to be Drew. Um, and, to, and Rich kind of asked the same general question. Which year during the next decade does Walt, should Walter lose the title? Is it after 2025? So I'll rephrase that. Basically both asking who's going to, who's Walter going to drop the title to? Hmm... Now, I don't know who said this, but some is it maybe it was Darren that Walt Walter only signed a one year contract. Right. And if that's true then he only has about three or four months left. I mean, it's possible that somewhere down the line they could lose it lose the title without being pinned if it's some sort of triple threat or fatal four way. If he is leaving, then I also wouldn't be surprised if Wolf beats him for it. You had said that before, had you not? Yep. But let's say that's, that's not the route. Let's say he his contract's not ending. Who's going to beat him? Hmm. As of right now, is there anyone credible enough? Oh. <sighs> See, it's a hard question because the guys that they've got are really good. But, I mean, you get instances where wrestlers take a couple of shots to beat someone. So it could be Tyler Bate again. And Tyler Bate put in a shift and a half. And although he didn't win at the end, there was a moment where he kicked out the powerbomb at one. And you thought, see, that's I wasn't a fan of that when he kicked out of the powerbomb pin. Hated it. Especially with what ended up going on anyway. He just lost about a minute later. I thought, what was the point in that? I don't understand, I understand why they've done it. I hated it. But in all seriousness, who should beat him? If people are just going to say I'm biased, Joe Coffey. Stuff it. Joe Coffey. Give it to him. And, and, and because you don't have necessarily, you have to beat him clean. Gallus could get involved. Yeah. I, I, that is my legit serious answer. Um, but yeah, talking about the actual match itself, that was really good. I absolutely love Tyler Bates selling his back. Um, I, it was an, a 
small, small notch below Pete Dunn, Walter from WrestleMania weekend. I, I, I'm like the tiniest, I think. Um, I think we both kind of agree it probably went on five minutes too long. Mm. And I know a lot of people say Joe Coffey and Pete Dunn went on about five, ten minutes too long at Blackpool. Being in a crowd, it didn't feel like that. And I'm sure being in a crowd at Cardiff, it didn't feel like that. Um, and I thought that was a perfect length. I know, I, I, I thought it did go on a, a couple of minutes too long. No, I mean the, the Blackpool main event. I thought that was fine. Being there, I thought it was fine. Um, I hated Tyler Bate kicking out at one. And and I have to be fair because I said when Gargano was kicking out of just about every single move that Adam Cole was hitting him with, when Gargano won the title, I was just like, like this. now you're just insulting my intelligence here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know people are going to say, well, that's Gargano's NXT career in a nutshell. Is that, that doesn't mean I need to accept it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, just because that's what we've done doesn't mean I should be, oh, okay, that, that's okay then. That that was not, that wasn't even borderline too much. That was at times just ridiculous. And I still loved that match. I felt the same way about the Powerbomb. I absolutely hated that moment. Um, and I, I would say that was the only little black mark on that match because other than that that match was fucking excellent yeah the the thing about the powerbomb was that was a one of the most dominant moves in Walter's arsenal and he kicked out at one but there were other things seconds before it where he was kicking out at two instead it was done in reverse order and it just mm, I don't know just and the fact that it was on the back that Walter targeted before before the match and, and the build up to it and everything, I just I just, I just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. You could have had him count suddenly kick out at two if you wanted. I just like I say, it was it was just too far. It was too it was, and I know it's like people say, "What's wrestling? It's scripted, etc." Whatever, but it was it was too unrealistic. Yeah. Um, but no, that match was just other than that was flawless. Um, I love it when Volker goes to the top rope because it looks so unnatural and that's what I love about it uh-huh. um, I, I don't know maybe people are going to call it crazy but I don't like to see like everything looking so smooth in the wrestling ring you know like I like like I said when Volker goes to the top you know like, oh, this doesn't look right that doesn't feel natural because it feels like he wants to pull out all the stops and do stuff they might not be feel comfortable to do. I like seeing them looking a little bit vulnerable as they're going to do something. Do you see what's quite interesting about Walter is I actually watched this again tonight because from the, the heaps of praise that you and Jeremy gave them in the column, I didn't feel it as much as you guys or as many other people from what I've seen on social media. It was a good match. I think it lacked the urgency that Pete Dunn versus Walter had. WrestleMania weekend, and there were some excellent spots in it with the T-bone suplexes off the apron, off the off the turn, the top rope as well. Some really good moments of wow, that's a big strong boy right there. And also with Walter's sleeper suplex onto the apron, that was horrible. Oh, I see after what happened with Kota Ibushi, I don't, I, I'm still uncomfortable with apron spots, but this one landed perfectly. So credit to them for landing that one well. Littered with lots of great spots throughout. It's just 
Triple H has got this habit of having these epic encounters. We've seen it with all of Gargano's championship on main event title shots. They're just to go on for just that wee bit too long. And I think it there wasn't this urge, this energy about it that the other one had. Maybe that's just because of the style that they both have where it's just this battering ram thing. But I think it was because you A had the aura of Walter challenging Pete Dunne who held the title for about two years. Yes, that was a, uh, a big occasion. It was a legit big time occasion. And that's not to say anything about Tyler Bate or anything, but it was just because Pete Dunne came into it having held the belt for two years and it was like, all oh, right, you've held the belt for two years, but here's your proper real test now. And, 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 and for a lot of people that was one of the first times some people might have saw Walter. It was certainly the biggest stage that we'd seen him on and obviously NXT UK being WrestleMania, wrestling at WrestleMania. Um, yeah, I think the occasion, everything building up to that match added to that spectacle. Uh-huh. So that's one of the reasons why it, it just gets ahead for you? Yeah, and the fact that it was, I just felt the in-ring work was just that, was a little just marginally a little bit better and like I say that powerbomb spot just it, it annoyed me mm-hmm. um, not not annoyed me in the sense that, that I would never go back and watch a match sure I'd, I'd watch that match all the time yeah. I thought I watched that again on the um, coming home from football on Monday on the train so you know um, great match absolutely oh, unbelievable match unbelievable it, it was, it was great. a great way to end the pay-per-view it was great it just so happens to be like my third favourite out of the six matches so I feel I just much preferred the, the two middle ones what I like about Walter is he's not much he's not one for pinning people that often he, he does a lot of submission moves to be fair so he does try and make his opponent tap out but he doesn't He's just, he seems a lot more content than just inflicting punishment and pain. Mm. Uh, whether they're stretching him over the turnbuckle or stretching him with a sickeningly deep Boston Crab, he's just, you're right, there's something unnatural about him. And I was surprised that he's only 6'4, he looks about 6'10, <laughs> uh, high and wide. It's just a big beast. He's, he's very minimalist attire, helps that as well. Um, Big massive. That, actually, that big long trench coat adds to his mm-hmm. like the intimidation factor. His massive ham hawk arms. It's it chops not just the chest, but it chops arms, backs. It chop whatever's in front of him, and he seems content and just killing his opponents. And he's not he's not in a rush to win the match, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you get this sense that he's that that gives his matches a grueling feel because they're just oh. What the hell is he going to do next to batter his opponent? So I enjoy the how tired you feel after watching his matches, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. As to who's going to beat him, I'm not sure. Um, looking at the roster right now, it's hard to predict. But fake it, let's just go for Joe Coffey. That's my genuine answer. Fine. I'm it's not going to that. be... And I know Murray was kind of tongue-in-cheek, but probably wasn't at the same time. It's not going to be someone like Drew McIntyre. We're not going to bring someone in like that because Drew's obviously not going to be in NXT UK full-time. He might just come wrestle the odd match like Cesaro done. 
because obviously Triple H made reference to hopefully getting Drew McIntyre over for mm-hmm. a match. Um, so you know, um, unless as someone, unless someone like Cesaro does come over and wrestles in NXT UK full time, but something, something like that's not going to happen either. Do you know what's quite annoying? As far as I'm aware, well, Matt Riddle and Shayna Baszler and all that came over when they were in Plymouth and Matt Riddle and Walter had a match, but the tapings have been and gone. We've, we're mm-hmm. not going to see this Matt Riddle-Walter match. I know it's on the internet somewhere, but you want it in a nice polished WWE ring. <laughs> yep. So, overall, a couple of... Not, stinkers is a very strong word, but a couple of ones that were just okay and the ones that we, the ones that I personally were looking forward to the most delivered, looking forward to the most delivered in every way possible and for for Mark Andrews and Morgan Webster to win and me not be disappointed with the outcome that just shows how good that tag match was but a, a stunning night for NXT UK and a great advert again for them going forward Oh, absolutely wonderful night great great night great great night of wrestling in fact like even other shows as well on that night were, were pretty good as well so mm-hmm. that was quite the day no it really was have you caught any of the other stuff at all? Royal Quest? Um, all out? I've watched a few matches from Royal Quest. Um, Did you watch the Kenta one? Yes, that was... Why oh, did that, that ref nice. keep that match going? That was awful stuff. It was. It was. Um, that was. It was. That was difficult to watch as well. Um, it's always awesome to watch a card wrestle. <laughs> like... That literally is like the perfect wrestler. Aye, um, yes. <laughs> like literally, like I don't. There's just no flaw there whatsoever. Um, I watched certain matches from um, All Out. Only the ones I I, I was interested. In. I actually did. I'm not. I don't like the Young Bucks, but I don't not so much their wrestling style. I just them is I just they do they annoy me. Um, but that match was fucking. That's just like two matches in a row they've they've had with Lucha Bros. It's just been like my lord. Um, I'm willing to put this um, disbelief out the window for that one. I don't care. That table spot was just fucking f- unbelievable. Right. It was just it was executed just to perfection. Yeah. I'm not a fan uh-huh. of Young Bucks either, but I'm a big fan of Pentagon and Phoenix. So yeah, I like. I think like I say, I I I think the Bucks kind of get a, a little bit of an unfair rap when people say all oh, they do is super kicks, etc. Um, oh, I understand some people might not like them, but I just uh, they just annoy me just in general when they're on Twitter and stuff like that. Hence why I'll probably need to go block them as well now. Um, I watched Pack and Omega. Kenny Omega fucking doing a job again. Um, You've got to even this, up the score for the EVPs. That's true. He's the only one because he lost um, last time out as well. Um, when who was it? Was wrestling again? Bubbly. When Mox attacked him. Jericho. That's it. Sorry. Um, so. That match 
like I was disappointed, like absolutely gutted. I was that was the match I was looking forward to the most of Megan Moxley. This match was actually better. I thought it would it was as soon as the pack one pack was announced, I was like, this is actually going to be the better match out of the two. Uh-huh. Um, didn't disappoint. Great match. Um, I watched also watched uh, Hangman and Jericho. Um, I didn't watch Cody and Sean Spears partly because I hate the both of them and, and I can't watch Cody Rhodes in the ring. I think the guy's fucking god awful. Um, that god awful is very harsh. Very harsh indeed, actually. Um, he's not, he's yeah. nothing to write home about. <clears throat> oh, it's, it's, it's his gimmick and character and who he is, etc. It gets him over, and that's fine. That's fine. No, no, I'm not going to shit on that. We need to um, discuss for a minute how DDP actually looks more natural as a, a a number one on the Star Trek Voyager than he does a wrestler. <laughs> because that... That, that unif- fucking get-up they were all wearing was terrible. Aye, but DDP looked as if he'd been on The Next Generation for decades. That's true. What? Probably that DDP yoga. What is the deal with DDP um, coming out with him? Did they? Did they? Nah, oh, you know. didn't see it, did you? What's the point? I don't watch like being elite, etc. So I don't know. Um, and I never watched that match either. Private party are just going to be absolute stars. Right. They are so good as well. Um, yeah. So overall, that was the, the, the stuff that I saw. I liked. You watched um, a hell of a lot of wrestling this weekend. I did. I did. It was, you know, it was three good shows. It was. Mm-hmm. I had to watch them. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That says. Um, I just sort of picked certain matches when it came to all out. Just the guys I was like interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, what what I watched was I enjoyed. Definitely. Good. Definitely enjoyed it. I'm glad you've been satisfied with your wrestling intake. I would still say... Oh, I think it's difficult to pick what match I enjoyed the most, though. Oh, it was a tag match for me for a long stretch. I, I do want to see the, the ladder match, though. I do want to see that. See, that's, that was good. That was that was really good. And I'll, I'm willing to take off my psychology hat with that one and storyline and just see some crazy stunts. I don't care. But I think that's just... Like, see, when it comes to... Stuff like Hell in a Cell, a cage match and stuff like that. Yeah, you can tell stories and that, but see, for the most part, it's going to kind of be like chaos. Yeah. It's going to be chaotic. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like, are you sure that it was a good match? It was a really good match. I'd love to see Pentagon get a singles ring. I, I think he's... This sounds random. Some people who've watched Lucha Underground might get it, but there's a there's a Steve Austin about Penta, Pentagon. Uh, the middle finger to authority runs through everyone and will take his body out of the game in the in the same breath. Dripping with attitude, dripping with charisma, I think he's excellent. I'd love to see him in the sort of main event scene on his own. No offence to Phoenix, great guy, but Penta's got that magic touch, I think. But yeah, go watch that match, it was good. I will. So that brings us to the analysis part of the episode for you this week. Okay. On to some quiz time. Yeah, why not? 
do, 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 do. It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. Do, 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 do. A fucking WWE quiz. Do, do, do. Now, just like the start of the show, this is a new version, a new quiz for you. Okay. Now, bear with me as I give you the rules, okay? What we're going to do is, I'm going to name a wrestler. Or you can mm-hmm. go first, so it's not rigged in any way. You can go first. And whether really? that person... So, we'll take that person's surname. I have got to pick a person that is, has a surname with less letters in their surname. And then you've got to come back with a wrestler who has more letters in their surname. And back and forth and back and forth. And whoever stumbles or hesitates or says something wrong, they lose a point. Right, okay. If you say one person's name, just consider. If you say a wrestler who's just got one name, consider that their surname. Yeah. Are you following me? Yeah. So I've just, so I can just pick any wrestler. You can pick a wrestler, and you can say whether I should go higher or lower, and then you have to do the opposite. And yeah, we'll okay. say, how about first person to lose three points or five points? Three points. That's fine. Sounds good. Right. Um. Convoluted, okay. but there you go. Right, so I will go with Pac. <laughs> you and where have I to go? Oh, lower, obviously. You funny. No, right, I'll do it probably. I'll do it probably. Right, well, so we'll fine. go. No, no, we'll Joe Coffee. So oh. six. Go higher. Higher. Didn't... I don't know who you're going to say. Yokozuna. Okay, I did not expect that at all. <laughs> That's the fun part of this game. You'll hear some random wrestlers mentioned. Am I going lower? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're always going lower and I'm always going higher. Okay. Yo. Eight. So, lower than eight. Yep. Um, Dave Mastiff. Seven. I have to go higher. Come on, referee. Uh, Braun Strowman. Sat eight again. Right, so oh, seven. That doesn't. That means I've lost a point because it's the same amount. How oh, I said, massive. Oh eight. Uh, you're right. That's right. Uh, Keep going. Right, Braun Strowman. Um, Right, so less than eight, I will go Kenny Omega. Five. Oh, come on. Kofi Kingston. So is that eight again? Mm-hmm. Um, Tetsuya Naito. Steve Austin. Six. Um, Okada. Five again. Prince Albert. Six. There's going to be some hesitation soon, surely. 
I know, six, so to get to the five. We will go with... Oh my lord. It's just going... Blank. Randy Orton. I have to go higher. Uh, Undertaker. Sat 11. Right, this is my chance now. Right. Um, I need to see if I can, how to spell this guy's name. So bear with me, right? You've got 10 seconds. Uh, well, you kind of need to wait for my app to load up. Six. Right, wait, wait, wait. Here we spell go. it out. Right, 10 seconds starting now. 7. Right, count me down. 6. 5. 4. 3. 2. 1. Oh, drag it off. Too late, I'm afraid. You've lost a point. Oh, what? Right, so I get to pick. And I see whether it's higher or lower. Yep. Okay. Let me um, think about this one. Hiroshi Tanahashi. <laughs> and you have to go higher. So nine. Mhm. Higher. Right. Okay. Nine. Nine. Nine miles. Um. Nine miles. Um. Ten. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Right, I'll let you go first this time, because that was quite unfair. No, no, you go, you go. I could just say Hiromu Takahashi this time then, but I won't. Alright, fine. Um, I'll go. Um, You go. We will go with Dijakovic. <clears throat> Keith Lee. If I have to go higher or lower, sorry. Higher. Oh, Dijja. That's nine, isn't it? Shit, see you. Um. Would you count Stephanie McMahon Helmsley? No. It's worth a try. Um, oh, this is what I get. I've not really thought this segment through, have I? Don't think so. Bruno Sammartino must be surely. Right, so am I going lower? Yep. Is that, is that right? S-A-M-M-A-R 
think it is. That's it's 10. 10 now. That was 10. So, am I lower? You're lower. You're um, a lower, as Aaliyah would say. Shawn Michaels. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S. Eight. Oh, and I've got to think of higher than that. Hiroku. Hiromu Takahashi. That's nine. Right, um... Seth Rollins. Nick Jackson. Oh, shit. That's not enough. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of him there. That's 2 1 to me. Right, on you go. We will go with. Um, cut angle. You have to go lower. Edge. Christian. Rhino. <laughs> team, team wreck all the way. <laughs> Andrade. Ali. Um, we will go uh... mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Flair F-L-E-I-R. Oh, Sugar Jazz Alexa Bliss. Mm. <clears throat> Hangman Page. Um. There's actually some tactic involved in this once you start get going. I know. So I'm trying to get it. They're trying to get as low as possible, stay as low as possible. Um, Lord, <laughs> I don't want to see him. Um, we'll go with Bradshaw. It's <laughs> a random one. I know. I'm looking at something in. <clears throat> Farouk Devon So Are we going to go higher don't we? Yep higher I'll give you that again You can have another shot What's the bit this game is dragging out a bit I know it's awful This will never happen again No let's just put it into it you won. <laughs> right, okay, fine. Sorry, listeners, that was dreadful. Apologies. <laughs> Let's 
Listen, she to be fair, for what is now 132 or 3 episodes, plus actual quiz episodes, it's hard to think of trivia off the top of your head, so I try to shake things up now and again. So give us this, give us this, um, this botch and laugh at us and you can play the game with your friends if you want. <laughs> Anything you want to say before we go? Um, no, not really. If I've, if I've, if I offended anyone at the start of the podcast. Continue. That's all. That's it. You just, if you've offended anyone, that's all, not even a sorry yeah. or a whatever. Do you want me to say sorry? No. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, right, well, this has been the Ricky and Jim Sports Entertainment Show. <laughs> I would apologise to Jeremy because I don't want to offend Jeremy. There's I'm nothing, hope I'm not upset him. There's nothing about Jeremy that's to offend. Maybe he doesn't want this kind of content on his network. Possibly. What I mean is, I don't mean Jeremy might be offended by what we're saying. I just thought you were aiming your hatred towards him. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Nothing but nice things to say about him. Jeremy is the man. He should. Uh, Jeremy literally is like the nicest guy you could possibly meet. Mm-hmm. Times ten. Right, we are the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you will find other shows such as One Nation Radio. Keeping it strong style, grown men watch this shit, get in the ring and Danny's chop shop, and all things elite. We are also at, at <laughs> um, go to the podcast app of your choice that you are using, preferably Apple, even though I've not got an Apple phone. Give us a nice five star review, help us climb up the charts. Socialsuplex.com also has the web, <coughs> is a website. Oh, I'm floundering here. Socialsuplex.com has the columns as well as the podcasts. The columns, check out the NXT one that we did this week. Check out the All, the all Elite Wrestling one that's also out as well. And you can get them sent directly to your email inbox by pressing the subscribe button. Social Suplex is a pro, has a Pro Wrestling Tees page. If you go to that website, prowrestlingtees.net, Look for a nice social suplex t-shirt to wear for your your first date with um, a lady or man of your desires. Because they'll say, oh wow, I want to have a second date with you if you're wearing such fantastic attire. (laughs) And and on that second date, can we please go back to your house and watch some independent wrestling? And you can say, yes, why, no problem, because I have used the social suplex promo code to get over three, four thousand hours of independent wrestling from around the world for free for a month. Uh, and on the third date, you can go through Twitter, where we are at Ricky and Clive. And there's a Facebook page, the Wrestling Square Circle Facebook group. I've hardly been on Twitter this week. I will admit I've had an unhealthy obsession with the Yu-Gi-Oh card game on my phone, so I've, nothing else has mattered really. Like It's been quite quite bad, to be honest with you. Um, I might pop in to say hello about 205 Live now and again and to plug the show, but as far as wrestling conversation online, it's not happening for me for a wee while, ladies and gentlemen. It's good. Sometimes we all need a detox from social media. It's been great. See the Thursday and Friday. I didn't have a clue what was going on in the world. 
No, it's, it's refreshing. And after today, you will want to see how many followers stop, stop following us on Twitter as well. That's assuming that they'd listen to the show. That's <laughs> true. Uh, Why wouldn't you listen to us? We're, we're, a, we're a great laugh. Uh, they might want to continue listening because I've not got a joke for you this week. Fantastic. What a way to end the show. Aye. Thanks for being my friend tonight then. If only you could see his face right now, he was he's genuinely gutted he doesn't have a joke. No, I'm just gutted that you're being a dick about it. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm not a fan of the jokes. I only know one person that likes your jokes. My wife doesn't even like my jokes. Shout out to Rob. Yep, Rob loves the jokes as well. That's another good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, I haven't. We better hurry up and wrap it up before I think of a joke. It's up to me because I've got the recording gear, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Right, Class of Champions review, a preview next week. We'll speak to you then. Thank you for listening. Good night or good afternoon, wherever you've been listening to us. Take care, folks. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.